Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. Action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to this week's installment of Your Life, Your Purpose on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. This is Brandon Allen, and I'm excited to bring you another great podcast this week. So um, I just wrapped up a, uh, a management workshop, and, and I always get excited to talk about management after I've done that, after seeing the insights that people have and the passion that, that gets created when people realize that they can do things differently, that they have power, they have permission to move forward in a new direction and be a different person for their team that they can be. And you know, the funny thing is is I threw in a topic for my workshop that I wasn't really expecting to really be a hit. In fact, I almost took it out because I wasn't sure that it was uh, meaty enough. And and the thing that I talked about was creating a management philosophy. That was one of the sections of my workshop. And what I realized is there was some, probably the most powerful insights to the two-day workshop was during this time. I mean, people really got emotional. People really got raw. People really, I mean, it just really opened up some doors for people. And, you know, I think sometimes I discount philosophy because a lot of times when you talk with certain people about philosophy and things that are high level, kind of more conceptual and abstract versus real concrete. Uh, some people have a real hard time connecting those dots. Either they've got their own issues that that where they don't really want to deal with certain things because it's too hard for them to deal with, or it's just their, the, the way their mind works, it's just really hard for them to really take an abstract concept and really make it concrete on their own and really relate it to their particular situation. So I really try to be careful with that. But I, I think we did a good enough job in the workshop to really take the philosophy and the abstract and really create some concrete terms around that. But I, but I want to—I really want to talk about this because when we look at our perspective, perspective really does determine our actions. And if we have a certain perspective about things and a thought process about things, it really does affect how we act and what we do. And one of the things that I hear a lot from business owners, smaller business owners especially, is. Man, we hate managing our team. I hate managing people. I hate dealing with that. In fact, I'll see people close up their business and go work for someone else for that very reason because they don't want to work with people in that manner. They don't want to be responsible for other people. Uh, it's just too draining for them. But there, but the reality is, is the reason why it's so hard for us is that we don't do the work up front to really set ourselves up for success. And so creating a philosophy is really about doing that work up front and creating some intention around how we're going to, uh, how we're going to interact with our team on a day-to-day basis. And so the, the first thing is, you know, as, as you look at this, you know, I want to create, cre- I, I want to be a creator in my business. I don't want to be a reactor, but when we're not intentional, that's exactly what we are. We are the manager who's always putting out a fire with our team, our customers, a system or process breakdown, whatever that is. And those become bigger issues when we're not intentional, when we're reacting versus creating. So creating a philosophy up front allows me to create 
certain outcomes and things that I want to have happen within my business right up front. It allows me to define the rules of the game that everyone needs to play by, including myself, right? And this is important because the problem with a lot of managers and leaders is that they're not consistent. And look, I'm not saying that you should be an asshole as a leader or a manager, because I I think ultimately if you're demeaning people and and you're making them feel small and you're really, and you're the only way that you can get people to do things is through fear. That's an unhealthy approach to management. But look, I can respect that if you're consistent. So look, if you're consistently an asshole, I know what I'm going to get and I can deal with it. I may not like it as an employee, but I can deal with it. Now, the the hardest managers to deal with though are those ones that are a little passive aggressive and they're a little they're a little Jekyll and Hyde, right? One day, man, they're super friend. I mean, they're like, you know, hey, let's go hold hands on the beach. The next day, they're you know, they're jumping down your throat Bobby Knight style. They're throwing chairs through windows and you're just like, "Oh my god, who's this guy?" Who is this? Who who is this person? Yesterday we were holding hands on the beach. Today he's, he wants to pummel me with a chair. Uh, I I can't deal with that. That kind of uncertainty is really unsettling. So look, if you're going to be a nice guy, be a nice guy. If you're going to be an asshole, be an asshole. I guess if that's if that's all you know. Although I don't think that that's really the right approach. But look, be consistent. And the way you're consistent is through your philosophy. If you know your philosophy and you know what you want to do and how you want to handle things. Then you can be the kind of consistent person that your team will thrive with because they know what they're going to get. And look, we all have flaws. Um, We all do. And those flaws are going to show up in our business whether we like it or not. But look, if we're consistent, uh, those flaws will be way more acceptable to our team than if we're inconsistent. It'll become very hard for them to be supportive of our flaws when we're not giving them a consistent approach when we're just all over the place. And, and something that got me to think about this is, uh, you know, we, I, I just did this uh, assessment in Inc. Magazine, a, a leadership assessment. There were a lot of different styles. Like, you know, are you a Steve Jobs leader, which I, I believe that leadership style is called a creative builder. And I took the assessment and I had a bunch of people do the assessment. And there weren't a lot of differences in in some of the leadership styles. I mean, there were like, 30 different leadership types that you could be. And a lot of the people in my group tended to be only like three or four of those, uh, three or four of those leadership, uh, um, styles. And, and mine, for instance, was a people mover. Um, that, that, and, and so the comparisons they give were like Eric Taylor from Friday night lights or Clive Davis, who was a, a who's a huge mu- music mogul. Um, you know, people who are always looking to create people, connect people with people and people with opportunities, always looking to connect. And so I, I really think about that, like throughout my career, what do I really enjoy in a leadership capacity. I really enjoy making people better and getting them to the next step. And that's why I coach. Um, That's what I was good at in the corporate world was connecting with people and helping them raise their game. And it's what I like to do now. I love hearing. I love it when people email me uh, six months after we're done working together and they're like, man, we are having our best year ever. I love hearing about that kind of stuff. So as a people mover, that's what Uh, that's what I, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I like to hear. So, um, you know, think about that, you know, if you've never done any kind of a leadership assessment or, or really assessed your leadership style, that's one of the first things that I would look at, because what I want to do is I want to play to my strengths. I can't be everything to everyone. And I think a lot of times what happens is we go to a seminar, we take a look at someone else's leadership style and we think, 
How can I be more like Bill Gates? How can I be more like Steve Jobs? How can I be more like Warren Buffett? How can I be more like Richard Branson or whoever it is that's speaking? But look, what makes Richard Branson Richard Branson is because he's Richard Branson and he's not someone else. Uh, one of the best uh, uh, quotes uh, that I really like was from a, a, a guy named Jonathan Sprinkles who runs a, uh, a coaching called Presentation Power where he helps people with their speaking. And uh, one of his quotes is, you are, you're born an original, don't live like a copy. Uh, and I think that's really important advice for us to, you know, sometimes we forget that we need to celebrate who we are and not worry when we're not like other people. And we all fall into that, right? We just, someone's doing something a certain way and we just look at it and we're like, man, how come I can't be more like that person? I just wish I could be more like that person. But how can you be you? So the, the, the Inc. Magazine assessment is a great tool to utilize, but, or any kind of assessment that way that kind of gives you a baseline of, of who you are. But the, the next part to go with that is, look, what are your best attributes? What are things that people compliment you on? Now, we talk a lot about soul purpose. I mean, my, my website is called Build Your Soul Purpose. My podcast is called Your Life, Your Purpose. So it stands to reason, if you haven't figured it out by now, I think purpose is a pretty big deal. So when we talk about purpose, that's really a celebration of, of your best attributes. What are your best talents? Uh, um skills, proclivities, all these different things, natural proclivities that if you put all those things together, it creates something really awesome, which is you. So what are those best attributes? You know, are you funny? Are you, are you able to handle confrontation? You know, what does that look like? How can you celebrate that? And I spent a lot of time in my early management career. I didn't have a philosophy and I spent a lot of time trying to be other people. And what I realized is that I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it well. And I wasn't consistent. And I was a terrible manager. And I was an awful leader. Um, just absolutely terrible. I mean, you know, my team was so disengaged with what I brought to the table on a day-to-day basis. It, it was it was tough. I mean, I, I was really a demotivator uh, for my team. And so when I, when I realized that, look, number one, I need to change my attitude about my team and management in general. Um, that really helped me a ton, and I had to change my management philosophy and style. And it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, I created a different. I, I created that philosophy, and I and it really showed up in my offices and in my businesses. And people started to uh, started to gravitate towards what that looked like because I was me. And so, what are your best attributes? Take some time and write those down. And this is hard for people. It's funny when I ask this in a workshop. People have a hard time writing this down sometimes. Now, and it's funny when I ask people, hey, what do you suck at? Man, I can't give them enough time. They're writing down like 100 things, right? Isn't that funny how we are that way? Boy, I could tell you what I suck at all day long. You ask me what I'm good at, and I freeze up like, uh, well, well, I've heard that maybe, and they come up with like one thing. And it's like, really? One thing? That's all you've got? And so if you have a hard time with this, ask other people. It's not so that you can get your ego stroked right? And people worry about that. I don't want to ask someone else because then they're going to think I'm conceited. But just say, look, man, legitimately, I'm trying to really assess my philosophy and leadership and my style. What attributes do you see in me that you think make me a great leader? Um, What are those things that I can utilize effectively to make me a good leader? What are those? Okay. So that's one thing you can do. The second thing is really understanding your values. And we really, uh, when we do productivity training, um, one of the things that we focus on is your values because your values really determine what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So if you have a set of values, you should have personal values and business values. When you understand those values, 
you can use those to dictate what happens in your office and create it and create the kind of environment and culture that you want to create. And it's all about making those decisions based on values. And so if I want to create a management philosophy, I need to understand my values and what I really want. Uh, and when I understand those values, let's say one of my values is integrity. Well, how can I make that value show up in my business? So I get integrity a lot. A lot of people think integrity is a value of theirs. And for a lot of people, they're right. Integrity is a value. Is it their top five values? Maybe not. Is it in their top 10? It may still not be. But the problem with integrity is as a manager, look, if you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, bam, you're out of integrity. If you tell someone that you're going to approach something in a certain way and you don't do it, you're out of integrity. And there's a lot of things that we do where we inst- where we implement a new program and we do it for two or three days and then we let it fall by the wayside. Well, now you're out of integrity. So look, if integrity is a value, how can you make sure you stay in integrity? And a lot of that has to do with not overcommitting yourself to things that you can't fulfill on, right? And it's so easy as leaders, we do this. I used to do this all the time when I first started uh, managing people and leading. I would overcommit myself to this grandiose scheme. I mean, I would sit back and I would, I mean, seriously, we're building a Death Star. I mean, that's how complex it is. And hey, when the Death Star is complete, we're going to fire lasers on, you know, all over the whole company and we're going to be so successful. And what I realized is, man, I can't create a Death Star. I can't do it. Uh, it's too hard. I got other responsibilities to do. I can't, I, I can't have all these intricate pieces and things that I have to follow up on. I'm just one person. So I simplify. Simpl- how, how can I simplify what I do so that I'm only focused on two or three things that are just so critical to my business that if these things are done, I'm happy. Okay. Not to say that there aren't other things that are important, but look, if these two or three things get done consistently, I'm happy and we're going to be successful. So how do I simplify that? So that's why values are so important. I want to create simplicity within my management because a lot of times we don't manage, we don't want to manage people because it seems so complex and it's so complex because we make it so complex and we make it a lot harder than it needs to be. So if you're going to follow up with people and hold them accountable, make it simple. How can you do that? Is it once a week? Is it once at, you know, is it once at the end of the day where you have a, you know, a review? How did we do? What's going on? And it can just be a couple minutes, but what is something that you can do that's simple? And do you have a great enough understanding of your values to really integrate that into your management philosophy? The last thing is, is what's your long-term strategy? What is your management strategy? What do you want to have happen? What are outcomes that you want to see? How do you want people to engage in your business? And this is something to think about when we hire people. Hey, what's the best possible future outcome for this person in my business? What does that look like? Are they thriving? Are they excited? Are they advocates? How do I create advocates? Are they people who just take leadership initiative? Are they someone who's going to take the next step? And part of your long-term strategy as well is, are you the future manager of your business or are you just setting the stage to when you can hire someone to do that work? Because maybe you just feel like, look, it's really not a passion of mine. It's necessary. It's not a passion. I like it. It's important but it's not a passion. How can I get someone in here who is passionate about it, who will do an even better job than I than I will do, and it will continue to simplify the life in my business? And that's a long-term strategy to think about. Am I the long-term solu- solution for management, or is someone else the long-term solution? And this is important. If you are the long-term solution, that's fine. It doesn't mean you have to hire a manager down the road. But if, if you're someone who thinks, look, I would really benefit by having the right manager in this in this business, then bam, sky's the limit and and things are going really well. So um, 
So, so look at that. What is your long-term strategy? So as you're, as you're creating your philosophy, I didn't give you all the ins and outs of your philosophy, but you got enough to get started and really think about this. How can you be intentional? And this is, and you, we, we create that intention around our attributes. What do we do best that we can just continue to do as a leader to really inspire our team and really just focus on those things that we do best and not worry about things that we aren't and just worry more about things that we are? Um, what do we value? What are the values of of, uh, of of myself personally? And what are the values of my business? And how do I incorporate that into my management philosophy um, so that um, so that you know I can really make sure those show up? Uh, what's the long term strategy? Um, what do I you know What do I want to create in my business for people? And am I the person that's going to be creating that? Or am I eventually going to bring someone else in to do that? So having a management philosophy is powerful. It allows us to really get inspired by the fact that, look, if you're not the kind of manager or leader you want to be today, you can be in the future as long as you create a philosophy and really understand that, look, your perspective determines your actions. So look, if you're telling yourself you hate managing people and it's just a real drag for you, of course it's going to suck. I mean, how could it not? It's going to suck. So how can you turn that around and say, look, when I create an empowered team, this creates all sorts of possibilities that never existed in my business, and that's exciting. That's something to really get inspired by, and it's about changing our philosophy with how we manage our team. And it starts with those things that I talked about, your attributes, your values, your strategy. Think about how you can now incorporate a management philosophy into your business. If you have one, is it up to date? Make sure you go back and refine that. So have a powerful week. Enjoy managing your team. Inspire them to new levels. And I will look forward to talking to you again soon. This is Brandon Allen for Your Life, Your Purpose. I'm signing off. Have a powerful week.